Welcome to Hustle and Thrive, a working culture podcast for conversations on living, working, and thriving in arts and culture. This episode is hosted by myself, Yomi John, and co-host Lisa Fiorelli. We had a lovely chat with Jamie Latham, a visual artist and executive director of Creative Industries North Bay, an arts organization that supports the creative sector in North Bay, Nipissing. Jamie talked about the impact of motherhood on her artistic practice, shared some anecdotes on raising children, and how she tries to balance that with being a creative and leading an arts organization. From our conversation, you'll get a better sense of what a small community creative sector looks like, the challenges of thriving alongside other industries, the wealth of creative talent and programming in North Bay, plus upcoming initiatives to build support systems. So listen for more on episode six of Hustle and Thrive. Thank you for joining us, Jamie. Uh, we're really excited to have you. To give our listeners a bit of background, I met Jamie, I think, at our uh, Working Cultures Creative Works Conference uh, last year. Yes, last May. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about like data and all those like fun, nerdy things that I like at the conference. And then we were able to sort of turn that into a partnership on a workshop that we delivered uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but, uh, the more I know, but the more I learned about Jamie, the more interesting I got in just, you know, herself, her arts practice, uh, and some of the work she's doing in North Bay. So we're really happy uh, that you're here and willing to talk to us about that. Well, I'm just happy that you're willing to talk to me. I feel like you guys are way cooler than I am. So <laughs> I'm super excited. We are, we are <laughs> remarkably not cool. <laughs> so if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe we should start with yourself as a practicing artist. Can you give us a little bit of sense about you as a visual artist yeah so I've always been interested in art it's that same old story of uh I've been drawing since I was four um (laughs) kind of story uh but uh, I had a grandfather figure who always told me that I should really go into the creative sector and really uh focus my post-secondary education on fine arts not because I was a really good artist but because I really sucked at everything else um (laughs) He meant it with all the love he possibly could. Uh, And he wasn't wrong. Um, And so I kind of always, anything I excelled at, I always tried to put in a creative sector, creative artsy element, because that's how, that's the language that I talked. So, and that's the language I understood. So if I can interpret something, literature or uh, mathematics or anything with a creative lens, then that's how I learned and that's how I understood. So that's how I would kind of vomit everything else out. Uh, so then, so working or going to school uh, for art was, was what I always wanted to do. Um, so I'm a drawing, I'm a drawer by trade. So that's my artistic practice is based in drawing and figurative work specifically and kind of working with collage of different found photos uh, and my own fo- photos, family photos, uh, and mashing them all together and kind of creating these illusional or kind of built history or built images and, and transferring those into drawings. So half memory based and kind of building fake memories and kind of trying to decipher what's real and what's not real. Well, that's really interesting. So how do you, how did you fall into that as your medium? So I was always uh, interested in painting. That was kind of what I studied at OCAD. I went to, for drawing and painting, um, really liked acrylic paint. Never, I hated oil painting. I still cannot wrap my head around oil painting. Um, but when I... So I was going to art school and I kind of jumped around. I went to Guelph for art first 
uh, and found it too academic. And I really just wanted to stick my teeth into more of an arts-based university. So I went to OCAD um, and then transferred halfway through to ACAD in Alberta and really loved that. Uh, but then ended up getting pregnant and and finding myself single and, and having to have a child. So moved back to North Bay, Ontario, where I live now, because that's where I grew up and that's where my support system was. And having, so juggling, finishing my degree and having a newborn and a baby really kind of shifted my medium basically due to practicality. So working with acrylic paint, if I took all my paints out and were started a project or was, or was working and my son would wake up, then I would have to leave it. And depending on how long you leave it, every, as you all know, acrylic turns to plastic when it dries out. So then I'm going to out. Uh, so that wasn't working for me anymore. So then I shifted to watercolor, which allowed me to leave the paints out. Um, and if they dried up, you could just reinvigorate them with water. Uh, so that kind of led me to painting with watercolor. But in doing so, there's so much drawing that is necessary in watercolor that I ended up loving the drawing, the line drawings more than the watercolor itself. So then shifted um, to drawing. And at Nipissing University, where I finished, where I did my arts degree, uh, Amanda Burke, who is a amazing drawer, actually teaches there and lives here now. Uh, and really kind of, she allowed me to reassess drawing as a final medium that you can work in and not just a preliminary medium. Uh, so she really changed my perspective into opening up my art world into just drawing and allowing that to be my new practice. Uh, and I love Amanda and I love her work. And she's one of my best friends now. Uh, so she's really great to have like an active, like very strong drawer directly in North Bay, uh, which I'm very lucky to have. So, but basically, yeah, drawing came out of practicality of having a, having a family <laughs> and just my watercolor brushes used to be left out and they were really expensive. And then everyone, all the kids wanted to grab them and paint with them. And you want to kind of cry a bit and have a little tear about your $150 brush being smacked. So, <laughs> Uh, pencils are pencils and erasers are erasers. Uh, and so it honestly came out of, out of a practical kind of common sense area, but I really, really love it and have embraced it. And even though my kids are getting older now, uh, I love drawing and I, w I don't think I'll shift back at all. Speaking of shifting and journey, how, how did you end up leading an arts organization? How does that happen? Like, how do you balance that with being a mom, being an artist, and also, you know, running an organization, which is certainly not an easy task? Yeah, I don't know if balance exists. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs of very, very productive, and then maybe not a little bit of burnout, and then back up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so transitioning into arts administration, living in northern Ontario, there isn't necessarily a lot of career opportunities um, for a drawer, <laughs> um, but <laughs> ever, ever, maybe anywhere. But I really found myself, um, in my hometown, which I never thought I would move back to, uh, with a, with a family now, uh, and really thought if I'm going to live here, this is the, like North Bay was a community I grew up in as a kid. I had one of those lovely childhoods where I played outside a lot, did a lot of sports, 
also did a lot of art and and loved where I lived. It was small enough that you could ride your bike to your friend's house. You could walk home at night. Um, and it was just really lovely. And I thought that's, that's the community I want my kids to grow up in too. But when you're older, you kind of are living in a different perspective. So now I'm looking for a job. I'm seeing how the community interacts with funding or with programming that's happening, um, what the needs are and the gaps, the downfalls and the successes and all of those things. And you're not as naive as you were when you were younger and just kind of growing up and running around. Um, so there wasn't, there was a gap within the creative sector and supporting arts and culture and really seeing the value of arts and culture as a community. And that wasn't really okay with me. So I thought if I'm going to live here, I'm going to fight for what I believe, what I believe in and, and what I think is important. So I started volunteering, uh, on creative sector boards, um, just spending my time going and listening to people and just basically interacting and becoming part of the arts community. Uh, and from there, just kind of put my head down, found a really good group of movers and shakers and ended up working on a board for an organization called CBOC, which was the Coordinating Body of Arts, Culture, and Heritage, which is a very ugly acronym. We need to explain to everybody. Uh, so flip the name to Creative Industries, uh, which is much better and more aligned with economic development. So it's very strategic. Uh, and just kind of, yeah, ended up, ended up being part of the, a really great group of people that drove the importance of the creative sector home within our city council and within our community. Uh, and then gained some funding from our city, uh, which was super exciting. Once we had uh, the capacity to hire an executive director for the first time ever, I stepped down from the board and applied for the job and was a successful applicant. So that was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now. So I've been in this position now and hopped around kind of before from contract to contract, like most uh, artists do or arts administrators do. Uh, and this is the first job that hasn't been a contract job or an NOHFC internship. Um, and as much as it is still self-generated in terms of you have to work for your job tomorrow, uh, it's got a little bit more stability in it or long-term stability anyways. So uh, I'm really excited to be in this position and, and being the executive director of Creative Industries here in North Bay. So you mentioned that there's this gap um, in seeing the value of arts in North Bay. So I was just wondering, um, what are some of the most compelling challenges you think North Bay So I think faces? one of the biggest challenges that a lot of smaller communities, um, not specifically to the North, but uh, the North can be a factor too, is that a lot of these smaller communities are based in boom-bust industries. So a lot of mining, a lot of forestry, a lot of factory-based production or mass production. Um, That's that's how the community kind of survives. Uh, And arts and culture isn't viewed as an economic resource or an economic impact based sector. So it's not viewed with the same importance. Uh, so I think that has to do with, it's just the perspective of how the creative sector really does boost economic value for community. 
Uh, I think that's a hard sell to people who aren't used to seeing it with the dollar value. Uh, so that's one of the main, I think that's one of the main problems that we have. Yeah. Um, and what about some of the biggest strengths and opportunities? Because I see that you started this new enterprise with Creative Industries North Bay. And I'm sure there's so many opportunities for people within North Bay and outside. Like, what are those um, strengths? So I think some of the bigger strengths of being in North Bay anyways is North Bay has a wealth of uh, creative sector knowledge, a wealth of creative sector programs and initiatives. We have huge amounts of quality-based programs uh, coming out of North Bay. We have, I've heard that we have, uh, that, and I know we do, but I've heard from outside people that we have theater groups, local community theater groups that are putting on productions that are the quality of big Toronto-based theater productions. They might not be as frequent, but the quality is very, very high. So we just really, we really have a wealth of, of creatives here within North Bay Nipissing. So that's a big strength. And I think the other strength of being in a smaller community is you're, you can be, whether you're a big fish or a little fish, you're in a small pond. So you really have the ability to kind of meet those change makers and meet those leaders, whether you agree with them or not. You have the ability to meet them shake their hands, sit down, know their name, and they know your name. And I think in larger cities, you don't have that same opportunity to kind of meet face-to-face with those change makers and have the opportunity to try to change that perspective. So I think there is something to be said for like, you know, maybe a smaller community in terms of numbers, but maybe one that's more like closely knit together. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, the creative sector depth that we have in North Bay Nipsing is so huge. Uh, we have some of the some really great organizations that live here in North Bay Nipsing uh, that call our city home, like Animatogsy uh, and the Near North Mobile Media Lab, that are doing some amazing things regionally. And with Animatogsy, they have toured internationally. Uh, we have Ice Follies here, which is a regionally known arts festival, art installation festival that happens on the ice of Lake Nipissing. Uh, Those are massive strengths and massive, it's such a huge amount of depth here, but communicating to our local region that these groups matter is, is very difficult, which is kind of silly. (laughs) Like we have Linklater who lives in North Bay Nipissing and Tanya Luke and Linklater and they are powerhouses of individual artists and their art practice in the context that they're talking in. Tanya is getting ready to exhibit at the Tate Museum. Like, this is bonkers. But locally, people are like, don't know who these people are and don't know who these organizations are and the importance that they have, uh, not only just to our own community, but to the creative sector as a whole. Uh which is mind blowing. So that's part of that's part of the difficulty that we have in North Bay as well is just communicating the wealth that we have right here. That's really interesting. Do you have a sense of like why that would be, or why that would be a challenge communicating that sort of to the local? Yeah, I think it's again going coming from that kind of small town mentality or perspective where everyone thinks it's okay to live here, but to really experience 
culture, we need to go to a larger city, uh, that they're constantly looking to Montreal, to Ottawa, to Toronto, and feel like that's where they're going to experience culture. And they're not, they're not, they're not looking in their backyard. Um, and it's trying to flip that perspective to know that the quality and the depth of the creative sector is just as high, if not higher, right in our local community. And you don't need to access or outsource those things. What's one thing you, you wish that people from outside of North Bay knew about your community? I guess beyond the depth of talent. Um, what's maybe a common misconception that you're facing? I think everyone thinks North Bay is Thunder Bay, which is <laughs> <laughs> like a really big uh, misconception. Um, whenever we're like, oh, you should come to North Bay, uh, we have some, some great things going on, or, or you should come and visit, or could you hold a workshop here? We're in North Bay. They're like, that North Bay, that is like 10 hours, 14 hours away. It's like three and a half, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, P.S. We love Thunder Bay. No offense to Thunder Bay. We love you. But that's one thing where I think everyone thinks North Bay is really, really, really far away. Um, and we're really not. We are. I've traveled to Toronto and back in a day many times. Uh, same with Ottawa, Montreal. They're all drivable distances. And people commute in Toronto for like an hour and a half each way daily. Yeah, and then if they haven't even left the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come, come visit North Bay. We're not that far. I promise. <laughs> okay, so for the marketing of this one, we're just going to include a map of North Bay and be like, we're not that far. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that far. We're not that far. Yeah. How do you as an individual manage the balance between leaving space for your own art practice and managing an art organization? Because you earlier mentioned that you are the you are the lead for creative industries in North Bay. So how do you balance that being a drawer and being a an arts manager? Yeah, so everyone always, I think that's a big question. I want to ask you that question. I want to ask everybody that question. Um, and I want everyone to tell me the answer so then I can do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if balance exists, I mean, we all exist to a point where we're not having, I don't need to have a timeout every week. Uh, maybe I need one though, but <laughs> I think balance is one of those unachievable things that people always think exists outside of themselves, but it really doesn't. Um, I think I do what I need to do to survive to get to the next day and hopefully meet my deadlines um, and try to understand my own capacity, though I think I say yes way more than I probably should. Or I put my own practice on the back burner to ensure that the community as a whole or creative industries as a whole is put first. Uh, and that includes that impedes on family as well. Um, I should probably... I should probably balance that more, but at the same time, I don't know if that balance ever really exists in harmony. I think social media and everyone Instagramming and Facebooking these curated lives of balance has created this, this unobtainable goal of being better than you are. And everyone else is already better. I don't think that actually exists. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't, 
So how I balance is really, if I really want to get anything done for my own art practice, I, I honestly need to schedule in time like it's a meeting, which is kind of maybe sad. At least I kind of view it as sad, but it's necessary. If I don't, if I don't schedule in a day in my work calendar, that is a work day. I will not do it. I will fill it with meetings. I will do something else. Uh, I will watch Netflix at home and cry or <laughs> eat a bag of chips. Um, it's only sad if you have to schedule in the crying hour. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you do. And that's a thing. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a Netflix and cry day because you can't cry at work. Or we need a crying hole at work where you just go and it's like the meeting room or the sleep room. You know, Google has those pods. Yeah. Like post a nap. I really just think they're for people that go and cry. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not, this is the second time that a crying room at work has come up on the six episodes of this podcast. So it's clearly a trend that everybody is experiencing. Well, then it's uh, good. That's what we're going to make. <laughs> Y'all need a crying room. Uh but I think that, that yeah, the, this unobtainable balance I don't think works. Um, I know that sometimes I'll, like right now, I had a solo show at the Kennedy Gallery here in North Bay for my drawing. Uh, and with and I worked with Allison Roberts, one of my best friends, who helped, helped me balance that show. There was no way I was going to be able to do it on my own um, just because of my work schedule and having two kids and being a lot of things to a lot of people. So Allison really helped me uh, really pull off that, that exhibition. And we had some cry days in there, 100%. But it was okay. And But since that show, I don't think I've really drawn since June. And, it, and it's really, like, I think balance to me is really compartmentalized. Like, I'll do months of just work and then be like, oh, I haven't, I haven't really drawn in a while. I probably have to brush up on my skills all over again, <laughs> learning curve it. Uh, so then I'll kind of focus on that for a little bit and compartmentalize that uh, and then have to flip it again. So, and deadlines and writing grants on a personal level always helps that because once you have a deadline, it's like work, you have to get it done. Uh, so that really helps my art practice as well. And how do you balance that with being a mom or like having a family? I'm curious about that aspect. Um, yeah. And being a mom has... I have two kids, uh, 12 and 5, and my daughter, the youngest one, didn't sleep through the night until three and a half. So it was my nightmare, but I think that I was a lot of people's nightmare (laughs) during that time period because I was not sleeping. Um, But I have friends that are moms that are kind of doing the same thing, Uh, and it's just really being a mom and doing anything is really just doing the best you can. Like, I don't know how to raise children. No one taught me how to do that. <laughs> how can I have a baby and you just send me home with this thing? Like, that's bonkers. Like, you have to take driving lessons for months to learn how to drive a car. <laughs> you just send me home with really a living thing. <laughs> I'm like crying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and it, it is hard. I mean, it is hard in terms of trying to, my time is monopolized different than people who don't have kids. So when I can't just work late because I'm on a roll, the daycare ends at five, I have to go or six, sorry. So I have to go pick them up by a certain time. 
Um, weekends are not for me to decompress. They're to answer a million questions. Like what happens if you run out of spit? Like, I don't know. I don't know what happens when you run out of spit. I mean, we don't know, right? We don't like, know. <laughs> That's always been the weekend. Um, you got to tell the children that the kids, you know, the adults, they don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> they truly know nothing. I know. You know more than me. Uh, so in that respect, like all that self-care time and take time for yourself. Let's switch gears a little bit um, and talk about what creative industries and North is up to. I mean, I follow you guys on Instagram and I'm always overwhelmed by like the sheer amount of events and content that you guys have. And it makes me feel like I don't post on my feed enough. What are some of the things that you're like most excited about or that you want to share with us? I know you guys just did a big workshop today. Yeah. So we just did a uh, workshop today. We had a grant to kind of hire a facilitator to kind of deep dive some of the needs and gaps within the creative sector. And, and part of that was we all know that we need more funding. Let's say we need diversified funding. We all do. We all need more money. Um, (laughs) But what is that really the problem? Would money solve all of your problems? Probably not. There's probably other issues in there. Um, And it's not just funding based. Maybe it's evaluation based. Maybe it's programming based or your marketing to the wrong audience or you're programming the wrong things to the wrong audience. So it's not all just, we all need more money. Uh, PS, we do all need more money. Um, so it was about kind of deep diving those and really finding the root causes of some of these issues and then developing action items uh, or possible solutions to those root issues. So that's what we were doing today and we're doing uh, throughout the next week. But with marketing and communication, like I said, communication is a big one of the big gaps within at least our local community is informing everybody about the wealth that we have here and the amount of programs we have and initiatives and events. You don't need to go out of uh, the community to experience these things. They're happening right here. So the amount of events that we have on our Facebook page is not all events that I'm leading. Oh, God, that would be bonkers. Um, but we're the, we're acting as the funnel or we're trying to act as the funnel so that all of the events and initiatives that are creative sector based or arts and culture based in North Bay and Nipissing, we can kind of find capture and funnel through our Facebook event page so that we're an easy go-to for the broader community and for, uh, individuals, even in the arts and culture that don't know exactly what their, their neighbor is doing. Um, we can be that funnel of communication. So all of those events are just all things that are happening within our community. We, we haven't, I would love to take credit that there's a million more because we've been around, uh, but that's not necessarily true, but they're more visible because we have been able to communicate it better. So that's, I'm really excited about the communication aspect um, and some of the marketing initiatives we've been able to do with a marketing intern, um, we were able to get an NOHFC grant to hire a marketing coordinator who is super lovely. And she does all the internet things that I don't know how to do. Terrible. She does a great job. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I don't know how to run social media. Uh, I'm a drawer. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> super analog. 
but doing like the creative city crush on Instagram that just every week we highlight an organization or uh, individual or an artisan that is just killing it here uh, in North Bay Nipissing and just letting, just spreading the word that these people are here and they're amazing. Uh, these organizations are awesome. And so I'm really excited about all of those kind of marketing initiatives that have come through creative industries, but it's really the community itself that is, that is the best part of it. We've just been the vehicle or the conduit to kind of communicate it out. And then moving forward, we have a little bit summers coming, hopefully. Um, I hope it's sometimes one day, but North Bay is obviously we're, we're done by like, April, we want, we want sun. We have a lot of winter and winter is beautiful. Please come visit us in the winter, but we also have a really beautiful summer. So we're really excited to have gallery hop is coming up again with their 2020 dates. We have a lovely gallery hop where all the galleries and local shops and creative spaces uh, open all on one night. They have artist talks. They have their opening receptions or closing receptions. Um, and we all gather together and really kind of gallery hop all throughout the downtown. So the new dates are coming out very soon. So we're super excited about that. Uh, and there's a lot of great events and festivals and grassroots initiatives that are really coming out of the woodwork in the last couple of years. Uh, and a lot of them populate in the spring and summer just because that's when outdoor weather is friendly. So we're, we're really stoked to see all of those uh, pop up with their save the dates soon. Those are so many interesting things that are coming up. Um, I was just thinking, because I know we were talking about this earlier off the record. You mentioned something about a podcast with all the other creatives and who are also moms. Yeah. Can you share a bit about that? Yeah. So uh, one of my best friends, Allison Roberts, and I are both moms. Um, and she was the friend that helped that did the uh, exhibition with me in June. And we literally installed an exhibition with her son running around screaming uh, for us to look at his light-up shoes because they were so sick. And to make slime with him constantly um, and listen to him and poke him and I'm thirsty and I'm hungry and bringing food. Uh, and thought, like, how do other moms do this? This is boncos how how do you install an art show with care and intention with children running around so we talked about how we make fun of them like ourselves we make fun of uh the situations we're in we cry together we laugh and pretending we're not crying about all the hardships and difficulties it is to be on time and be a good mom and feed them food that doesn't suck and still make work and still be a business person uh, and still show up for the art or the school volunteer night and make cupcakes like not happening, not making cupcakes and not feeling shitty about yourself. <laughs> so we bitched to each other and really thought, you know, obviously other people need to hear us talk about these things. <laughs> And we should make a podcast because obviously there are other moms in the creative sector that are dealing with the exact same things and they're finding humor in it and they're finding a support system 
of not being perfect and being okay with it and knowing that everyone is just doing their best. Uh, and maybe sometimes we do a little bit of art on the side and maybe one day someone will buy it and will. Sounds very interesting. I definitely would listen to that. Mm-hmm. Just hearing about those running around kids and you trying to manage and balance, well, not balance, but trying to compartmentalize um, the work that you do personally and for your organization. I think it's interesting too in the way that it like, if you have people think about jobs in the creative sector and they really picture like one specific kind of person, they just like picture a very young, like white yeah. person in the role where like, you know, there's people of all ages in the sector. There's, there's moms, there's people with other responsibilities. Like there's, it's not just like a young person out of school in this kind of job. So I think like talking to people about that, it's like a real career. And this is why we need, you know, better supports in other areas and making sure this is like, a sustainable job to have and people have benefits. Yeah. Uh, I think it like helps to sort of you know, give people context. It's not just like kids straight out of school trying to, you know, keep this job for a few years. If it's, it's a real career path for a lot of people. Yeah. And it also brings that value to the work that artists and creatives do. Um, so having those conversations, whether it's through events or as I said, the podcast, that would be so great to listen to. And it just shares a light to others who are not in North Bay and others who um, experience the same um, thing outside of the, your um, region to learn and also like connect with the words that you would speak with those stories. Exactly. And so many of us, when we do find the time to, to network or to go to conferences like where I met Lisa, we're wearing our professional hat, right? Whether, or if you're at a gallery opening um, or exhibition, you're putting on your intellectual hat, you are putting on your arts creator hat, uh, you want to come across as intelligent and obviously understanding of what you're doing, um, and you have a high capacity, but at the same time, you want to, there's not a lot of opportunity to have that real kind of cringy conversations about, you know, like I couldn't brush my teeth yesterday. It was the worst. Um, I ran out of paper and then my baby crapped himself and I cried and fed my kids leftover chips for lunch. Like, and all of those things are real life and they all kind of play into how we work or our creative practice or how we kind of create balance. But nobody has time to have those conversations. But I think they're so needed in a world where it's hyper curated through social media, where everyone has like that, that unobtainable lifestyle um, that adds to everyone feeling crappier about themselves and, and how they should be doing better when they're not. And I think that that's really, really negative and it's not healthy. And so I think when you have that one friend and, and I have Allison and I have um, another friend, Katie Bevan, who owns the farm uh, in downtown North Bay, which is a lovely, lovely hyper Canadian store. We we have that network together, but how many people don't or how many people also need to feel like they're not alone? And being in the North, again, we don't have those opportunities uh, to network beyond our community a lot, whether it's going to gallery openings and hoping that you can build a network with a gallery that you really want to exhibit your work at some point 
uh, everyone always says, you know, you got to show up, you got to get your name out there so that they recognize you. Uh, and those opportunities are far and few between when you're in Northern Ontario. So having a platform like a podcast or media-based work uh, allows you to kind of spread your wings that way. But in the same time, I have to wear so many hats so much that I just want to wear a hat that's like super dirty and real. (laughs) And I think uh, everyone wants to do that sometimes. And I think having a podcast where you can talk to other moms and still talk about the creative sector and your art practice, but really have those nitty gritty conversations that are still full of humor, uh, but are real at the end of the day and aren't sugarcoated. I think would be a breath of fresh air and really, really empowering for a lot of people. This is so meta talking about a podcast on a podcast. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So basically this has been really, really great. And you've shared so much, like as I said earlier, like there were tears running down my eyes because you were so funny. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us for this episode. Um, yeah thanks for joining us that was super great and super fun uh i think people are really gonna like this one it's like both funny but also real which i think is yeah so it's nice to hear something real yeah um i think that's my my is that my slogan it's like jamie she's professional but she's a little bit real It's okay, we're definitely going to title this. It's not that far. (laughs) If one thing comes out of this is that people will understand the North Bay is not, in fact, as far as they think it is. It is much closer. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Working Culture, hosted by Lisa Fiorilli and Yami John, and edited by Santiago Bedoya. If you like our episodes, we'd love to hear your comments. And please subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you want more Hustle & Thrive, check out our website at creativeworksconference.com. Join us again.